This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hi, this is Jim Lee, and you're listening to the Batman Universe Comic Con Podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Jerkins, and you're listening to the Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, episode number 275. I'm your host, Dustin. Today, I have with me. This is Steph. This is Ian. And we are bringing the latest comic news and comic book reviews from the weeks of June 2nd through June 15th. We have a total of two books to cover, and we have um, a bunch of news, way more than I ever anticipated for an episode in the middle of the month. But uh, as you have probably become aware over the past couple months, DC has been releasing their solicitations on a Friday, the second Friday of the month, rather than the third Monday of the month. And uh, that is creating what I like to call the perfect storm of news. Um, just just this past week, which the solicitations came out on Friday, which we'll have the full breakdown on the next episode, but the before the solicitations came out, the very end of the day on Friday, there was, just for the Batman universe, there was at least six different news stories to mention you know to bring up because based off of stuff that was going to be announced within the solicitations so dc is um i mean they're really treating september like a big month because there was just there were six things just the batman universe we're not even talking the greater dc universe and other stuff that was out there too and there was a lot uh which is pretty crazy because it's june it's not even july so i guess september is intended to be a big month um, my only guess is the reason why this is happening is because maybe Doomsday Clock was intended to be wrapped up by September and all this stuff that is going to, not all of it, but some of the stuff that's kind of falling out of, um, that's coming in September could have been things that were initially planned as fallout from Doomsday Clock. Although, to be fair, nothing that actually is being announced really f- seems like it's has anything to do with Doomsday Clock. So it's either they're trying to ignore that Doomsday Clock is still happening, as I've seen people predict online, and this is just them referencing a bunch of other things and starting new things and kind of ignoring that Doomsday Clock is actually happening, uh, kind of like what they tried to do with Rebirth. So, uh, yeah. So let's just get straight into the news, um, because like I've said, some of this we've already... There's a lot to talk about. So I probably need my memory checked because I don't remember if we talked about this on the last episode, Steph. Did we talk about the DC Inc. DC Zoom stuff? 
I don't think we talked much about it. Yeah, I don't think we talked about it. All right, so last time we recorded, Steph and I were here, and we didn't have a whole lot of news to talk about, but there was actually a convention that was occurring the weekend that we were recording called BookCon. And BookCon is generally nothing to do with comics, except for, obviously, DC Inc. and DC Zoom are both imprints that DC is really trying to kind of get a foothold into the market of the books. When I say the books, I mean libraries, school book fairs, things like that, because that is a huge market that it has an opportunity for DC to, you know, get some money out of. And there, and that's, I mean, let's be honest. It's one of the main driving forces behind these imprints is to ensure that they are having these like gateway books to get people interested in comic book heroes and things like that um, outside of just comic book shops. So that being said, there was a convention called BookCon, and there at there they DC actually held two separate panels, and at the two panels they actually announced a number of different things. The first big announcement, which it's not a huge announcement by any means, but I guess if you're a fan of any of these artists, you'll be you'll be interested in some of this. So there was a, a group of books that were announced last year at Comic-Con International. Um, and we knew what the books were called, and we knew who the main character was in each of these books, and we knew that the uh, we knew who was writing the books. Now, some of the titles have, have changed from the original announcement, um, but that's not really the biggest thing. The big announcement, of course, is that now they, we know who actually will be doing the art for these these uh, new books. These are all books that are part of. Uh, these are all titles that are part of the DC Inc. imprint, which is the older, young adult uh, series, not the like middle school range. So uh, first up, we have the Oracle Code, which we already knew was written by Maraki Nijikimp, I believe, and then uh, it'll be illustrated by Manuel Perturano. Pritano, Pritano, uh, Gotham High will be written by Melissa De La Cruz and be illustrated by Thomas Pitali. Shadow of the Batgirl, which is focused on Sandra Kane under the cowl, will be written by Sarah Kuhn and illustrated by Nicole Gao. And then The Lost Carnival, a Dick Grayson graphic novel, will be written by Michael Morakai, who has previously worked on other Batman Universe stuff in the normal comics and will be illustrated by Sass Mildredge. So uh, that those books are all coming in 2020. Um, also, the some of the other titles that are coming sooner, not so far out. Uh, Batman Nightwalker is coming uh, in the coming months as well as Harley Quinn Breaking Glass. Those are the next two that TBU at least will be covering. Um, Bat, uh, the Raven one, which is the, it's a Teen Titans series where each book features one of the characters from this version of the Teen Titans. And all we know at this point is that Raven's the first one, Beast Boy's the second one. I tried to get a confirmation from the, the writer of the series to find out if Robin is part of it, but no, no such luck. So, um, we have cover art for all of these books over on the site as well. Um, to be fair, I'm not familiar with any of the the writers outside of Michael Morakai. Um, I know Melissa De La Cruz was on... I feel like I, I've seen her name, but I think it's just because she's been attached to different uh, DC Inc. and DC, or DC Inc. stuff before. I think she has a Catwoman. Or maybe, maybe it has always been Gotham High, and I'm just... 
I don't know. I feel like she's been on some. She was attached to something else. Um, but anyway, if you want the you want to check out the cover art, you can check it out over on the site. There's a nice gallery under the title or, or the article titled "DC Announces Artists Attached to Upcoming DC Inc. and DC Zoom Titles." All right, moving right along. Also at BookCon. There's another panel, and this time they were talking about DC Black Label stuff. Uh, Black Label has not typically been something that's been popping up at these book conventions that DC has been traveling to, but it appears that they're going to start trying to make a push for some of it. Obviously, some of the stuff that is DC Black Label tends to be things that are more... I'm not even trying to go the adult-natured or mature-natured situation, but once they're collected in 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 a collected form so like batman damned was obviously the first black, original black label that came out it still hasn't finished we still are waiting on the third issue but once it does dc has announced that it will be collected as one full graphic novel and i actually just saw over the weekend a a tweet that said that barnes and nobles will have an exclusive edition of Batman Damn Collected Edition, which will feature like eight extra pages of like notes or I don't know, something like that. So like they're clearly trying to do black label stuff too, but at least when it's all collected, because almost everything that's black label is still coming out as like a prestige format miniseries type stuff where it's not really like here's just a one shot. So eventually when it's collected, it'll be in that format that works well for the book market as well. That stuff, however, I cannot see, at least <laughs> at least what I've seen so far. Um, I don't see any of that stuff making it to the Scholastic Book Fairs anytime soon. Let's just say that. <laughs> Although I have to say the tweet that I saw online that was about the Barnes & Noble one, I kept it, the responses were hilarious. People kept saying, but will the bat penis be edited out or censored or you know how will it appear and that's a good question i can't imagine it not being censored since they refused to even reprint the first issue again so uh i count on it being censored and uh that means the uh value of your original first issue is probably going to stay up there in in the high high numbers so but anyway, the whole reason I'm saying this is because at BookCon, they announced a brand new series. This is called Joker Harley Criminal Sanity. Uh, this is going to be written by Cami Garcia, art by Mike Mayhew and Miko Soyan. Uh, Cami Garcia is the one who's actually writing the Raven graphic novel that's out shortly. I think it comes out the beginning of July. Um, she's writing the Teen Titans series and... Uh, Mike Mayhew, I'm not familiar with his work, but I know that he's worked on stuff over at Marvel with Star- the Star Wars books. Um, and then Miko Swain has worked on other things at DC as well, and I'm familiar with his stuff. Uh, so this miniseries will actually release monthly beginning in October. And it's a nine-issue psychological thriller, which follows Harley Quinn as the young, brilliant forensic psychiatrist and profiler consulting for the Gotham City Police Department as she pursues a vicious killer terrorizing the city. She has no idea the investigation will bring her face-to-face with the most notorious serial killer in Gotham's history, the Joker. All right, so the first issue is going to hit stores on October 2nd. Um, Unclear as far as, I mean, other than we know it's monthly, which is interesting because it seems like a lot of the black label stuff has not been monthly um we don't know uh as far as price because it's coming out in october it's i don't 
recall seeing it on the solicitations for September um, because if it's just a monthly series, it's probably not going to be advanced solicited. Um, I'll double check in a second. But what do we think about Joker Harley, a new origin story? And, and don't worry, this is not the first time or the last time we will be talking about Harley Quinn's origin story this episode. <laughs> I I really hate that coupling. It's so idolized and just every Halloween or whatever, not even Halloween, just all the time you see Joker and Harley and people just eat it up and it Joker makes me sick. I don't know. It's I'm not a fan. I will probably not read it unless I have to for TV. I agree. I don't like Joker. As I think most long-term listeners to the podcast know, I think that he's done more damage than um, brought positives in terms of long-term. I mean, he's always fun short-term because he does wacky things and artists love to draw him and he's something that writers like to work a lot of thematic things into. But I think that his his actual continuity changing actions are never worth the the short-term gains i am very curious to see if harley is at the level of sales and fan popularity that dc seems to think she is Um, they clearly think she's way more than an A-list character. I mean, they're selling probably as many Harley things right now as they are Batman in some comparisons. Um, and if you, I just got the, uh, Detective Comics 1000 Deluxe Edition and I realized over half of those covers featured Harley. Um, they, they think that Harley is probably about the same level as Batman in terms of pure, you can slap any creator on her and she'll sell. I, and I don't think the market's going to bear that. Okay, I wouldn't completely agree with that. I think that, I think that DC. Okay, I'll look. I'll say it like this: If somebody comes to DC and says, "Hey, I've got this really cool Harley Quinn story," I think they're more prone to say yes than if someone came up and said, "Hey, I've got this really cool Booster Gold story," <laughs> or "Hey, I've got this really cool Blue Beetle story." Like, I think that Harley has established herself... Are you picking those characters at random, or are you talking about the Tom King upcoming series? No, I mean, I'm not specifically talking about that. I'm just saying, like, in general, the the Heroes in Crisis had these other characters, and Harley was a prominent character in them. Obviously, Batgirl was, too, um, just as much as Booster Gold and Blue Beetle, in my opinion. But the thing is, like, I'm just saying in the sense of when it comes to the character, she clearly sells enough merchandise to raise some people's eyebrows and, and, and look for other possibilities. Um, also conveniently this fall, the Harley Quinn series is going to be starting up on DC universe. Not that it will be available outside of there, but that might have something to do with it. Very doubtful. I don't think DC's planning things around that. Although to be fair, Swamp Thing did just start. And I, and I don't remember because I haven't been following it, but didn't they weren't they going to be doing like a Swamp Thing giant at Walmart? Or did that They not? are doing a Swamp yeah. Thing giant right now. Thi- it's actually on its fourth yeah, issue. Yeah, so that's so the thing it's like been selling. Swamp Thing is typically not a character I would think to myself, "Yes, this character sells amazingly well." I mean, compared to who else they have, Wonder Woman, Flash, Superman, Batman, there's not really a whole lot of comparison. Swamp Thing's nowhere near in the same popularity. So the only thing I could think of is, well, there's this series that's coming, but little did they know that the series was going to get canceled after one episode. So 
whatever. But anyway, the thing is, like, I, I'm not saying that DC would say yes to anybody, but I think that they're much more prone to take a character that appeals to a wider audience. Obviously, the character appeals to younger kids, but it is definitely something where if you're a teenager, you probably... And you're well. I wouldn't even say like. I mean, like if you're a teenage girl or guy, and you know Harley can appeal to you because she's she acts younger. She has a lot of fun. She's like typically portrayed as an anti-hero, not necessarily a straight-up villain, unless horrible people get a hold of it and give her video game systems. But the uh, I mean, but in general, I mean, like I think that. The character. I'm not saying the character can withstand having a crap ton of stuff out there. I mean, there was a clear reason why she did outlast a lot of the other titles that were bi-monthly, and she kept getting her title being bi-monthly. Like, they chopped Nightwing down a monthly before they chopped Harley Quinn, and then Nightwing came back as bi-monthly, but then went out the same time that Harley Quinn did. So, I mean, like, she sells. There's no question about that. And honestly... I can't honestly think of a villain right now outside of maybe the Joker that's as popular currently right now. So, I mean, while I don't necessarily want to have four different Harley Quinn series, I can see why they would choose to go about doing that. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that the character sells and they know it sells. And we're just going to wait and see. I mean, like, to be fair, this Black Label stuff, it can be... It, it, it doesn't have to be anywhere near the normal continuity. And to be fair, the normal Harley Quinn series doesn't feels like it's it doesn't feel like it's ever in normal continuity. So there's that. And I also read in something about another news story we're going to get to in a minute about how this another series is firmly rooted in DC continuity, confirming that the Harley Quinn main series isn't. Which it was crazy that they were actually going out of their way to say that. But yeah. But anyway, this do you think <laughs> that ahead. do you think that um, the reason we're not seeing a Suicide Squad um, title right now is because they want to save Harley for more solo projects that they're launching right now? Because Harley is definitely that group's main seller. I mean, she's almost never important to the plot, but she's always there because writers are told she has to be there. To be fair, if they start another Suicide Squad series, I don't want her there. The thing is, like, I feel like she was only there in the first place because they were, she was in the film. The film's done. They're not, like, I, I don't know if they're going to have her. Well, she was in Suicide Squad at the beginning of the New 52, which was five or six years before the film. Oh, yeah, that's true. But at the time, she didn't have her own solo series. So it was probably more of a, hey, we want this character in this squad because, or in this team book because she's popular. And I, I do remember she was very prominent on the cover of the issue, issue one. So, like, there's no doubt about that. But I don't know. If they do another Suicide Squad book, another Suicide Squad book I don't want her in it. Not just because she's appearing in other things, but I just I don't find the necessity for her to be part of that team. It's like counterintuitive to the character that they're trying to portray her as in almost all the other books that are out there. So well, it also ruins the concept of Suicide Squad because you know she can't yeah. die. Well, <laughs> that's ruined by a lot of the different characters that are in there. You always know the writing on the wall for the, which character is going to be the one who gets her head blown off. That's part of the downfall of that series, but. 
Well, it wasn't originally. Originally, they literally picked people they knew they could kill. So, But as the series became more popular, they started putting bigger characters because that's what sells. Yeah. All right. So anyway, this series, like I said, kicks off the beginning of October. Check that out if you're interested. We'll be covering it on TBU. Um, literally, I, I have to say this: we we just got done reassigning books and you know doing kind of a shakeup with the staff of who covers what on the site because I thought you know with May, June, and July having new books and new titles and stuff, I thought, oh yeah, okay, this is the that that uh, that time where. This happens like twice a year where you get a bunch of new stuff. And I and, and I and, and this is almost like uh back this is like karma coming back because I complained for multiple months that we were getting less and less books. And then of course then it's like, hey, they uh we we listened to your podcast. We heard you you complaining that there wasn't enough books. So guess what we did? We gave you a lot more books. And I'm not talking about just a little bit. There's a lot of stuff. So okay. Um of course, I say that, but that's not. A, I have a. That's a horrible segue into the next story, which on June 11th it was announced that Phantasm, yes, the Phantasm from Mask of the Phantasm, is headed for main DCU continuity in the upcoming Batman Catwoman series. Um, this uh, was this was presented in a new piece of art, which showcases the Phantom or the Phantasm as we all know it, um, with uh, their blade having the reflection of the Batman Catwoman piece that we saw before. Um, so there's no word on, I have been hesitant on this because people online have been hypothesizing, well, is it going to be Andrea Beaumont? Sorry for spoilers for, if you haven't seen it or you haven't seen the, the movie, uh, if you haven't, I mean, let's be honest, it's been out for almost 30 years. You probably should. Um, it's a great movie, and conveniently, I, we talked about it. Steph and I talked about this on the last episode. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. So see it if you haven't. Um, but um, it'll be the first time she's appeared in main continuity. She's appeared in other versions of the stories. So, for example, she was in some of the. She's been in some Batman Beyond stuff. She's been in Little Gotham by Dustin Wen, um, and I think she's appeared one other place. But I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but. She, the, I keep saying she because obviously that's who it is. I would assume it's a she because the poster, the promo art actually says she awaits you. So we know it's at least a she um, based off of that, unless we're making a really bad assumption. But that's just really bad marketing if that's the case, which I would not put past DC, but it is what it is. Um, the question, of course, is, is it going to be... Andrea Beaumont, because if anybody's familiar with the movie itself, you know the story. She's actually a long or a lost love from Bruce's life, and it could present some interesting dilemmas. Because, and, and to be fair, I, I don't mind the character coming into continuity specifically because it presents another possibility of a romantic interest outside of Talia and Catwoman. Not that I don't want Selena and Bruce to end up together, I, I do, but it's constantly always just been this like either has these there's obviously like the Julie Madisons and the Silver St. Clouds who've been around in continuity for years but they never are really let's be honest none of them have ever really been like anything serious like they try to play them off as serious but then it never comes off it, it, it just never is so this one however at least the way that the character is in the movie I really think that this could be a really interesting you know, take because it, it it gives another possibility outside of just well, Talia's out there and I've got a son with her, so of course you need we need to go get permission for some reason. But yeah, so what do you guys think of Phantasm? 
Well, my first thought was, I called it, but for a different book. <laughs> but um, I felt like the rug was pulled out from under me because we're going through this whole stupid <clears throat> this uh, Bane storyline. It was supposed to go up to 100 issues, I assumed, with the Bane storyline. And then found out that the ending now, which is not in the Batman book anymore, is going to be Phantasm? I don't know. I felt a little... Cheated. See, the thing is, I think, see, I think we all just assumed that Bane was going to be the focus up through issue 100, but it seems like City of Bane is really, well, at least the way it's been told now, and obviously this could have changed, but it seems like City of Bane, by the time the story wraps in 85, it seems as if the, the Bane aspect of the story is going to be done. To be fair, Tom King has always said that his run is a Batman Catwoman story so if the intent is to have bane as this like big threat behind the scenes it's kind of like threatening their relationship it's got to get resolved at some point we can't have it not get resolved and it just continue on there because it just doesn't make any sense there's actually another part of this which is the other part and I, i want i'll get back to phantasm in a second but just kind of leaning into what you were just talking about on June 13th, Entertainment Weekly had posted up some new new uh, pages and cover arts and stuff like that. But basically, Tom King has has announced, I guess is not probably the best way, but it's been revealed that in Batman number 75, which comes out at the end of July, Batman and Catwoman come back in contact because they basically they find out what happened and how the wedding was kind of manipulated. And uh, Catwoman is not very pleased about that. And then they'll be appearing alongside each other, working together against Bane going forward. So the idea of him potentially dying, that's probably off the table. Um, But yeah. But Phantasm. Ian, what do you think of Phantasm? Well, uh, due in no small part to Dustin and a lot of the people on the Discord server... Uh, I did watch Mask of the Phantasm the night that the announcement was made for the first time. I'd never seen it before. Um, I enjoyed it. I don't think I would rate it quite as high, but I didn't watch it a long, long time ago. I watched it as a you know 30-something person with a lot of other Batman things. So it wasn't formative in the way that it might have been if I'd watched it even in 2005. Um, but I thought that uh, the character of Andy in particular was very interesting. I really liked her design. I hope that Clay Mann um, and Tomu Mori, who I believe is going to be the colorist, really capture the contrast that uh, Bruce Tim and the other animators got for her with the really pale eyes and the striking hair. Um, it would be a shame if she was just kind of a generic hot girl character, and I'd like her to have a unique look, especially to contrast with uh, Selena. Um, while I, well, one of the reasons I wouldn't necessarily put Mask of the Phantasm as one of my favorite Batman movies is because that particular storyline of Batman being torn between, um, his mission and, um, an early old relationship, um, is something that's been done a lot. Um, and it's not fair to Mask of the Phantasm for me to say that, because a lot of this stuff uh, was after Mask of the Phantasm. So in The Dark Knight, 
Um, during the New 52, there was a character that had the same situation. During um, Detective Comics by John Layman, there was another character who, during Bruce's training, he fell in love with. And so um, it's sort of like Hamlet. You know, I liked it except for all the cliches, except that Hamlet was the creator of all the cliches. So Mass of the Phantasm is probably very similar to that in being the inception of a lot of these Batman being torn between his vow and uh, a love interest. Um, the reason I am more interested in Catwoman is because I think that because he met her as Batman and she, um, depending on the story, was inspired to be Catwoman or was early in her Catwoman career, there's there's that shared sense of life that an old love interest, even someone like um, Andy, who does become a costumed character, wouldn't share. Um, there, there's just a, a sympathy between Batman and Catwoman that I don't get from Andy and Bruce. However, I think it's a really good choice by Tom King because it's thematically incredibly appropriate. Um, Andy is torn uh, between her love of her, her father and her quest for vengeance for him. Um, and Batman is torn by his uh, love for his deceased parents and his quest to make sure that what happened to them doesn't happen to anyone. So that thematic contrast is perfect. Uh, the love interest is is a really interesting twist. I mean, I was personally wondering, since I'm assuming Bane's probably not going to be the big bad after City of Bane, what is the story of Batman Catwoman? I would I would like it to be a story, not just 12 issues of them um, sort of being random together. Although... I am not against a continuing Batman Catwoman series. As I've said before on the podcast, I would personally love to see them just having some romantic adventures. But I think as a capper to Tom King's run, this is a really good choice um, thematically and artistically. Unless he retcons her to have grown up in Arkham. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Nothing. Just thinking about the Arkham Knight. Oh, jeez. <laughs> No, Positive, we're not going that way. But yeah, um, but yeah. Just before I jump into the other stuff, piggybacking off of the com- or the stuff about Catwoman popping up sooner. Do you have any thoughts on? I mean, let's be clear. It's very clear that the direction he's going is that she's going to find out that Bane manipulated the situation, and she heads back to kind of like potentially resolve things with Bruce because she has regrets and he probably has his own set of regrets and he's really pissed at Bane, but it it really seems like it's like a team up to take Bane down. At least that's the way I'm taking it. I don't know exactly if that's the way it's going to go. What I'm more interested in is your opinion on what happens to the Catwoman series. Once this happens, because Catwoman has been the Catwoman series has been out in, you know, left field this entire time and now there's absolutely no reason for it to really even exist once they get back together in Catwoman or in Batman that is. I think it it doesn't really seem set up that that's where she's meant to be. Like she's always kind of it doesn't feel very permanent. So, I mean, if that series went away, I don't think as far as the storyline that there is now would we'd miss much or suffer. Other than Maggie, for some reason, is in Mexico. I completely agree. I really wish I was invested in this Catwoman series because um, it has such potential. Selena's a great character, mm-hmm. and she can definitely um, 
carry her own series, but this is just so generic. It's it's not an interesting series, and I personally hope that when they get to Batman Catwoman, they let that be the main Catwoman title, and then hopefully spin out something from that. And I've said I'd like a Batman Catwoman married couple series, but if they do Catwoman, and I personally hope she's married to Bruce by the end of the series, but she you know has her own life because she's still her own person. Um, I'd be happy with that, but I think that the current direction is not justifying its existence. Yeah, taking Catwoman out of Gotham, uh, that's where she, that's her place too. I mean, it's not because Batman's there, it's like that's where, that's where she belongs. I would have been fine with her being taken out of Gotham as long as there was, she still had some sort of connection to some of the people she's been connected to before. It almost mm-hmm. feels like, like, I get that this horrible thing happened. The wedding doesn't happen. She feels like she has to leave. She doesn't like that that's what happened, but she's doing it to basically protect Bruce in the sense of what she's trying to do. The issue is that because that's what she's doing, if like typically when someone deals with something where it's a very like down moment, you would expect them to like, you know, look for their support system. Her support system and was to go to Mexico or a city near Mexico and basically just go about her business and deal with some new person. I personally have not really liked the Catwoman series. There's been a couple of issues here or there that aren't so bad, but I just don't feel like it has a real direction. It just feels like Catwoman. It's like one of those situations where, like, we are Robin, where we are Robin is. It, it's not a horrible concept. But it just doesn't feel like a bat book. It just feels like the characters are there and they have the names, but it doesn't feel like that. And I feel like Catwoman is that right now. And I know that part of that stems from I know where these writers were, pre- you know, what they were previously doing before this. But the thing is, like, I just don't read Catwoman and think to myself, this feels like a Catwoman book. No, it, it feels like. A character who is a thief who could literally just not be in a Catwoman suit and just be a thief and it would be, you know, create her own title. There's no reason it needs to be Catwoman. And that's the thing that I, that's the disconnect I have with the series. I don't think the series is going to go anywhere after she gets back to Batman, but it, I really hope it reflects the change of her going back to Gotham because if it doesn't, I don't understand what the point of the series is then because the whole point of the series and the explanation of why she wasn't in Gotham was because of what happened in Batman. So if she goes back to Gotham and she's dealing with Batman, it would be nice to see her not necessarily having to, you know, interact with Batman because that's happening in the Batman title, but it would be nice to at least see her interact with other people who are typically found in Gotham, like the sirens you know, or something. I don't know. It just, I feel like it just is so disconnected and I just don't like that part of it. Well, I would say that your comparison to We Are Robins a really good one because that's another example of a writer um, who was mostly an artist before that and has been an artist since then. Um, and it was also very much... Also, that, that We Are Robin, I, I've, I've read interviews, that was not meant to be a Robin or a Batman series. It was meant to be a creator-owned series that he pitched, and they said, what do you think about using these this group of characters? And Specifically, it was a Duke yeah, containment exactly. book. Um, but I think that if you look at um, a series that happened at the exact same time as um, We Are Robin, Robinson of Batman, uh, by Patrick Gleason, um, also a writer 
who was an artist previously and has been mostly a, an artist after that. But Robin Sum of Batman is a fantastic book because it is all base. It is, you can read it on its own, but it's immeasurably enriched if you've read all of Batman and Robin by Tomasi and illustrated by Gleason and all of, um, Batman Incorporated and Grant Morrison stuff with Damien. And it's just so steeped in the lore of the character while still being its own story. Whereas Catwoman, I know back when, back when Catwoman was first, you know, being promoted and Joelle Jones said, I had to make up this female character because I didn't, there weren't any for, for Selena. And you rightly pointed out, you are so wrong. There are so many characters. I think that what you are really, um, upset about and what I would also say is a real artistic flaw is that Catwoman is a character with uh, nearly 80 years of history she's steeped in villains male and female and it would behoove anyone taking on Catwoman to really steep themselves in that history because when properly understood continuity is an enabler of good stories it's an enabler of rich storytelling because you can reference things and people will know it's a deep history um whereas what we're seeing right now is a bunch of stuff that we feel is just made up because i mean and all the stuff we're talking about is just made up but there's no sense of layers there's no sense of history there's no sense of the depth that Catwoman's character can have um and i think that that's really the difference and it's not because uh and the reason i wanted to bring robinson and batman up is because patrick gleason's an artist and um joel jones is an artist and um lieber is an artist so i don't want it to feel like i'm saying no artists can't be writers no that's not what i'm saying i'm saying that lieber mayho and joel jones weren't steeped in history weren't well versed in the craft of structuring a story um that's part of a shared universe and they were really basically just writing creator-owned books in a shared universe, and that's their editors should have pulled them back, should have paired them with a more experienced co-writer or something. Um, and that's, I think, a real shame, because all of these things could have been wonderful books, and all of them have potential. Joelle Jones's art's great, and she has had some great moments. I think of the moment when Catwoman's dreaming of Bruce. Like, that is a purely visual moment, and it's just so powerful. But if there'd been more of that, more of that emotional through-line, I think it would have been a, a title that I wouldn't be sad to see go. But I feel like the writing's on the wall now, and I don't feel sad. And I feel sad that I can't feel sad. Yeah. I definitely agree. I think the part, the biggest problem is that editors should not be trying to use pitches for something else as this or, you know, for stuff like this. Um, it just, it just doesn't tend to work out, or at least it doesn't tend to work out unless they have somebody who is co-writing or somebody who knows a lot about the history. Let's be clear. Patrick Gleason worked with Peter Tomasi for a long time before he took over the, or before he started up that son of Batman series. So the thing is like, it just comes down to, I don't, I think it's right to have a, a writer come in and be like, you know what? I need to do all this stuff. I got to create all this original stuff because this character has nothing. But you've got a character who's literally been around for, you know, over 75 years where there's plenty of things you could draw from. Saying that there's nothing you can draw from is just, 
it it screams that they're trying to do their own thing, which is fine for a creator to do their own thing. Let's be honest, Tony Daniel has done that multiple times. He did it when he was on Detective Comics. It didn't always work. Um, in my opinion, Batman Battle for the Cowl was a little bit more rooted with the, within continuity and history and things like that. But it's kind of like hit or miss. I think a lot of times it's like you're so stuck on like trying to get your own idea across that people just if people don't gravitate towards it or accept it it's going to fall and then the entire series is going to falter from there because there's no reason for it to be successful if people don't don't really atta- get attached to whatever you're trying to do like i don't really care about the you know the the, the creel family or reina creel in calvin i mean like i'm reading it obviously because of the site but i mean like to be honest i don't really care and honestly like Joel Jones isn't doing the art on the book every single issue, which is not necess- I'm not saying she has to, but like part of the selling point was of course her art that we were seeing in the pages of Batman and being like, wow, this stuff is great. And now she's doing like maybe one every three or four issues. So it's like I or, or they're doing the ridiculous thing that I can't stand, which is she'll do half the book because the book's written where one part's a flashback and one part's the present, and the flashback's written by one of two artists and I can't stand when they do that because I feel like it's just happening by force they need to do that because they intended on doing the art and they couldn't do the entire art so they just wrote it like that but yeah yeah alright so we, we better get moving here because there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot more stories here um, alright also June 12th Gotham City Monsters are going to be headlining a new upcoming series uh, completely, this is, will be something we will be covering. Um, it turns out that there's a new title that has, that will feature the more monster characters that tend to grace Gotham streets. Spinning out of the event Leviathan, Frankenstein heads to Gotham to find some allies in his quest to destroy his main enemy. He gains assistance from Killer Croc, Lady Clayface, Orca, and more. Uh, the new series will be written by Steve Orlando with art by Amanke Napoleon. Uh, DC has not stated on whether or not the series will be an ongoing or mini-series. Um, well, they didn't when the announcement came out, but looking at the solicitations, it says it's one of six, so it's a mini-series, which is good, because I thought this is a bad idea for an ongoing, but I'm glad to know it's it's a mini-series. Um, the, basically, the reason it's spinning out of Levi- Event Leviathan is because, as we know, Leviathan has dismantled basically all the secret organizations within the DC Universe, including Shade which is where Frankenstein is part of and Frankenstein is again a free agent. Now he has set his sights on his former mentor Melmoth and one evil that can that has not got, gotten away. Um, with bad things happening all across the multiverse, this may be Frankenstein's last shot at settling things right. Of course Melmoth has his own agenda and it's going to take more than a lone monster to take him down so Frankenstein heads to Gotham City in search of allies and recruits Killer Croc the Clayface, Orca, and Vampire Andrew Bennett. Uh, that guy's from iVampire, for those of you who've been around since the New 52. Um, but will the... will will But will even these dread creatures be enough to save humanity from the entire cosmos before the entire cosmos collapse? On itself. Um, so this is the obviously the solicitation that they released for it. Specifically, Steve Orlando went on to say that uh, he's going to be dealing with stuff that has to do with Monster Town. Monster Town. That's right, Monster Town from the Night of the Monster Man crossover that happened back in 2016. Um, Steve Orlando was the main writer behind that crossover. 
and it's clearly picking up some elements. Some of the things he has said is that um, Frankenstein, he seeks out people from Monster Town with the idea that, hey, these are monsters. But in reality, I guess Monster Town has been extremely neglected. And I'd say yes, because nobody has talked about it since it happened. <laughs> it was ma- it was literally the first major crossover of the Bat books and really of the DC universe since after Rebirth started and it is as it became completely irrelevant up until now two years to three years later so well to be fair James Tynan did make it a massive part of his run it's just that it's been a year and no one's touched it since so so it did last for about a year and a half I would after say the event elements but- lasted for a while like Victoria October well, and Monster Town, because, you know, Stephanie's arc with Anarchy was in Monster Town. And then um, I think Clayface's arc was distinctly influenced by that through Victoria October and mm. the whole monstrosity thing. Yeah, I guess. I, can, I, I forgot. I, forgot I mean, I'm, I'm sort of Anarchy maybe overemphasizing. I that that was in Monster Town. I just thought that was, you know, whatever, a bad part of Gotham. I, I didn't even realize it. I, I like. As you mention it now, I, I remember, but I did not even remember. Well, you know, if anything has stuff in it, I'm going to remember yeah. it. All right, so that's that's coming in September. The first issue is going to kick off September 11th. Like I said, that's a six-issue miniseries. Uh, then we have another series that was announced. This one is called Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. And this one is spinning out of the events of Heroes in Crisis. Um, this is a this will also be a six issue miniseries. This one will be written by Jody Hauser with art by Adriana Mello. Uh, Jody Hauser, Bat uh, TVU peop, uh, fans might remember that she was on the Mother Panic series, both both volumes of the Mother Panic series. Um, she was the writer on that. Um, and Adriana Mello has been on plenty of things over the past couple of years. Uh, but this series, the solicitation says, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy are taking their show on the road in this new miniseries. They'll have to evade villains and heroes alike when they explore the relationship and unpack their time and experiences at Sanctuary. Set after the events of Heroes in Crisis and smack in the middle of Year of the Villain, it's a journey across the DC Universe that will change their friendship forever if they live that long. So... This uh, first issue is coming on September 4th. There will be two cardstock variant covers by uh, Stanley Archer and Lau, uh, each featuring one of the two title characters, similar to the way how there's two special covers in for in August for Batman and Superman, how Batman's got his own cover and Superman's got his own cover. Um, this series, while I am not opposed to a Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy series, this one feels... Like oh, and this is also the one that they made sure to point out that this is the series that's set in main DC continuity and in, will be impacted by DC's Year of the Villains. So, to be fair, I'm actually more interested in seeing how this series plays out than the current Harley Quinn series because the current Harley Quinn series is is I mean it's pretty well known that it's not really part of the main continuity. It doesn't relate to other things. It's always been out there as like its own thing because while Harley Quinn was appearing in Suicide Squad for a really long time, over in her own title has no reference to Suicide Squad whatsoever and she was just doing her own thing. Now she was in Heroes in Crisis for the longest time and her own book's doing her own thing there too. So 
while I am not going to sit here and say don't have a book that's not in continuity, when you have an ongoing series, you really should make it in continuity. Just saying. Well, they talk about the Bat-Cat wedding in the Harley Quinn series. Of course, Catwoman's in Gotham. Right, but that contradicts like every other, <laughs> <I> <laughs> contradicts everything else. I know. I would disagree. I actually like that Harley series is not in continuity because it means that it can be as wacky and fun as it wants to be. Because to me, Harley Quinn is a fun series. And as much as I just said that continuity should be an empower of rich stories, I think that the specific type of fun um, that Sam Humphreys is currently doing with Harley Quinn is very much about riffing rather than... Um, you know, trying to build a part of a shared universe. And I, I prefer it for that. Um, this title, I really wish they'd gone with a different writer. Not that I think Jody Hauser is bad, but honestly, I really wish they'd put Jody Hauser on the Wally West Flash series um, because I think she could have done something very interesting with him. She's done a really good job with family over in Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. And I think, I just think that her take on Harley and Ivy would be really generic um i think my pick would be genevieve valentine because i adore genevieve valentine's um catwoman series i bring it up all the time but i think that her take on catwoman and a lot of the different uh female characters she interacted with like the um calabrese sophia calabrese and uh aiko hasegawa and uh stephanie brown of course um it was a really rich and complicated and they were villainous but also noble and I think that would be a kind of gritty and spiky and intelligent take on Harley and Ivy. And I think Hauser's just going to kind of do a fun romp adventure, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think after Heroes in Crisis, Valentine would have hit it out of the park, and Hauser's just going to do a, a single or whatever baseball stuff is. Did you read Mother Panic out of curiosity? I tried. The art was not – I couldn't get past the art. Well, I, I didn't. Uh, the art was not necessarily my cup of tea either. But I would say that when you're saying like fun romp, there, th- there's that was the farthest thing away from a fun mm-hmm. romp that I could possibly see. I'm not disagreeing with your Valentine assessment. I mean, I'm not saying that that she would have been a bad choice. Um, but I don't. I, I, I'm going to give Hauser the benefit of the doubt because the reason I didn't like Mother Panic was just because it wasn't. It didn't feel connected. And this, it, I mean, they're clearly pointing it out that it's it will be connected. So. I'm not going to say I, I don't think it's just going to be like a. I mean, let's be honest. We've gotten so many different Harley Quinn series, you know, over the past couple of years. Harley Quinn, Power Girl, Harley Quinn, and the Gang of Harleys. There's all these different series that have happened, and quite honestly, I don't really need any more of what we've gotten. I want something different. So I'm hoping that this is something different because after like Little Black Book, which was basically an issue of Harley teaming with some random hero or villain every single issue. I just I don't need any more of that. I I want something different. So if this is what they, they this is the direction they need to go, I'm I'm open until it's here. Uh, and you're not wrong. Uh, what I did read of Mother Panic was dark, but dark isn't the same as intelligent and passionate. And I know that she was trying to be dark, intelligent, and passionate. But even when I was trying to push through the art, it just felt paint by numbers and generic in its darkness like she'd watched a lot of silence of the lambs the night before um and i've just read a ton of jody hauser in the last year and i'm just not impressed with her voice and i just i guess 
if she'd taken Wally West, it would have been something where I think that her style could have been pushed to a new place. I just don't think this is going to push her to a new place. And I'm willing to be surprised. I just, that's, that's my reaction to it. So I just yeah. wanted to say that. I'm Part just of it is that Marvel Joker. influence. That's a, at least a healthy relationship-ish. I just, well, did I, you I, notice I, that in the solicitation they said change their friendship forever? Like, they didn't have to include that, but they said friendship. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is DC just going to, like, ship tease this forever? Or is this going to be something where they make a decision? I don't really care. I just want Harley, I just want Poison Ivy to grow some skin. I know. What <laughs> She's got those, like, exposed abdominal muscles. It's very weird. Yeah, it's like, well, I mean, it's the same thing as, like, if you were growing a uh, uh, I don't know. Like I, I know I, I understand the idea of why it looks the way it does, but like there's there should be some time that's passed after Heroes in Crisis. She should be able to grow back whatever she needs to grow back and not look like you know you took off all the the entire skin layer off a human body. Because I don't I don't really need an an, an anatomy lesson every time I read the book. So <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, next story, um, June thirteenth. Uh, timelines collide this September, bringing Batman Beyond into DC Millennium. So I, I'm not going to go too much in depth on this because, to be fair, there's not a lot to go into. But the basic gist of it is that there's a new Legion of Superheroes series that's going to be kicked off um, in the next or er, in November. And when it launches, it'll be headed up by Brian Michael Bendis. And but there's going to be a two-issue prelude miniseries that's going to lead into Legions of Superheroes, where someone is going to be traveling around and going to a variety of different timelines within the DC continuity. So like Commandi, Batman Beyond, um, I don't know. This is the only two I remember off the top of my head, but I know there's other ones. Um, but the thing is, the idea is that this person is traveling around who, they didn't say who it was, but I have this, the only thing I can think of is that maybe it's Saturn Girl because we know that she's been sitting in Arkham Asylum um, since the beginning of Rebirth. And that's the only thing I could think of is maybe it's her and maybe that's who's traveling around because they, they, they alluded to who it would be or who it is. And they said it would be surprising. So anyway, the idea is that each of these two issue, uh, each of the two issues as part of this mini series are going to have four chapters each dealing with different timelines. Each chapter will be written or written by Brian Michael Bendis, but drawn by somebody each chapter will be drawn by somebody different. The Batman Beyond one will be drawn by Dustin Wen, who's no, who's no, um, he's very clearly been involved with the Batman universe before. But it's more interesting because it potentially leaves the option of Batman Beyond coming back into DC continuity because it's not, um, despite the fact that they tried to make it part of DC continuity back in. Uh, really, the new 52 features end. It kind of isn't because it kind of reverted back to it. Um, even when Rebirth started off, we thought that it was, I, I personally thought it was part of main continuity be, as just a potential future storyline. But then interviews came out with Dan Jurgens where he's like, no, no, it's not. It's not part of continuity at all. And it's like, okay, so we're back at that. Okay, cool. So anyway, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening. There's, it also explains why Batman Beyond is potentially sticking around for a while because it's still around. So any thoughts on Batman Beyond? It's the book that doesn't know what it is. And 
it can be it's it's kind of like at least what it is now it's almost kind of like the harley book for batman it's like well what if what some crazy stuff we can do with the future and what's some stuff we can mess around with and can we make batman evil he's not really evil but i don't know i feel like batman beyond is like the worst of all possible worlds um it's not the show and so it doesn't have the nostalgia value of people who want to see the continuation of the show. It doesn't make any choices that I think make anyone happy about a future Batman. Like, you don't have any of the relationships you want being a focus of the mm-hmm. the series. And the interesting stuff, like the new Batgirl, Nisa, and some of the other evolutions that happened, you know, four or five years ago, all that's, like, erased and ignored for some pretty generic joker's alive again we're completely ignoring uh mask of the joker or return of the joker yeah i try not to think about it too much because i feel like they tried so hard to make it part of main continuity in the past but all they really did was make future's end i i I don't want to think about that future's end is something i really really did not Okay, so our last uh, news story um, is actually another series. And yes, it's another Harley Quinn series. Um, so it turns out uh, the last announcement, is, at least as far as what we're covering on TBU, was that uh, uh, Stepton Stejepin uh, Sajik is going to be doing a black label title. The first issue is going to release in September. Um, this is a limited series and there will be three issues. Um, the new series is said to provide an alternate origin story for Harley Quinn. Although to be clear, alternate aspect of what not sure, because to be clear, the specific solicitation reads as if it is very similar to the original one. So we'll, uh, we'll wait and see. Um, there was a couple of different art pages that were released, and I mean, it's nice to see Sidgwick's work because he's 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 a really amazing artist. I really like his stuff. Um, I would love to see him do like a a villain print or a Bat Family print or something like that. But um, you can check take a look at the gallery over on the site of a lot of the stuff. Um, it's also interesting because it seems as if Harley is viewing Batman in a very very like monstrous way. And obviously that could be just the version of the story, whatever. The first issue will debut on September 25th. Um, the book size will be slightly larger than normal. I'm guessing more in the lines of, I don't know if it will be that big. Um, it, it says it's like the size of a normal piece of paper. So the pages would be like a normal 8.5 by 11 a quarter size. Uh, so those, that's bigger than a normal comic. Um, but what's weird is that the initial announcement that that the exclusive announcement that went out said that the series was going to be um, coming out monthly, but then the solicitations for September said it's not. It's actually going to be coming out bi-monthly. So I would expect it to be bi-monthly, and I don't know. I think the the announcement had just the wrong information. Um, each each issue will feature 64 pages and be priced at $7.99. So this is going to be more of like a Batman damned situation, but even more expensive. So, yeah. Another Harley Quinn series. Did anybody expect by the end of June we would hear that there's three new Harley Quinn series coming? I don't think so. Expect or fear? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I am interested in. 
I'm actually interested in all of these to some degree. And if something here is really good and it prompts them to change the direction of Harley Quinn, it's no secret. I'm not a fun of the I'm not a fan of the goofiness that that series is. I like something different. And but I understand the reason why it is the way it is, and that's because it that's what that's what people are expecting from that series because that's how it's been for such a long time. And I'm not saying that I would necessarily need it to be, you know, some dark, twisted version of Harley or anything. I just I feel like there's they spend too much time trying to make it like a fun romp instead of just trying to tell a good story. Mm. I I just want something like interesting to be told rather than here's a story that in the end, means nothing and meant nothing, and it was good for a laugh if you're that kind of person who appreciates that humor. So, I, I just I want something different, that's all. Although, I couldn't tell you what. Although, to be fair, Gotham City Sirens wasn't that bad, so I wouldn't mind something something similar in that nature, where she can still be fun, still have fun, but there's other characters around her that kind of ground her, because I don't feel like that's the case with mm-hmm. the Harley Quinn series. She's surrounded by a bunch of people who are very similar to her, and even when they, like they go about like doing something like Power Girl, somehow it turns into Power Girl somehow acting kooky, and it doesn't make any sense in that regard either. Then, so I am not looking forward to too many of them, but I will probably check some of them out. All right, so with that, that is actually all the news. And I say that, but that really was a lot of news. I mean, like I'm looking at the the time, and we're we're at over an hour at this point. Um, so even edited down, it's going to be well over 50 minutes. So yeah, let's get into our books. Our very first book is Batman. Batman number 72, written by Tom King, art by Mikel Janine and Jorge Fornes. As lightning streaks across the sky above Wayne Manor, Batman and uh, Bane face off inside the mansion, with Batman leaping down into action as a voiceover begins to break down Bane's master plan. The story flashes to an image of Bane sitting nude on his throne from I Am Suicide, while the voiceover recounts how Bane engineered the plane crash from Batman number 1, which made Batman question his mortality. He then engineered a scenario where Batman would need to work with Catwoman, which would provide him with fulfillment and love. The voiceover continues as Batman rains down blows on Bane, with the voiceover speaking about how Bane allowed himself to be caught and locked into Arkham Asylum during I Am Bane. Batman delivers a massive headbutt to Bane, who crashes to the floor. The next panel shows Bane opening his eyes as he smiles. Next... We see Bruce and Selina in Bruce's bedroom, in a scene from The War of Rope Jokes and Riddles, as the voiceover speaks to Batman's fear that he is no different from the monsters he faces, and how this fear led him to propose to Selina. Bane rises from the ground and picks up Batman, flinging him into a wall and hitting a portrait of Bruce and his parents. In a series of panels, Batman gets to his feet and puts up his fists as the voiceover talks about how Batman refuses to get it refuses to lay down. The next page shows a scene from Everyone Loves Ivy, with Batman and Catwoman kissing over huddled Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn as the voiceover speaks about how Batman's love for Catwoman was the first instance of Bruce doing something to make himself happy. 
Bane and Batman trade blows as the voiceover continues to recount Bane's plan. How he had the Riddler reprogram Skeets to have Booster Gold messed with time to show Batman how terrible the world would be without Batman, counting on Batman to share this with Catwoman. As the fight continues, the voiceover explains how Bane unleashed the Joker to tell Catwoman that Batman can't be happy and be Batman. If she marries him, she's effectively killing Batman. The next page recreated a scene from Batman number 50, with Bruce and Selina jumping from opposite towers away from each other in their wedding clothes. Bane gets the upper hand in the fight, raising up Batman and bringing him down over his knee. The voiceover continues that Bane isn't done, and the voice states that he knows what Bane plans to do. As Bane stands over the bleeding, broken body of Batman in his own study, the voiceover is revealed to be Thomas Wayne, Flashpoint Batman, who asks Bane how he may be of assistance. So, we have here um, a confirmation of what some readers have been theorizing, and I include myself in those some, that Batman has been responding to Bane since before this issue number one of Tom King's run started. So some people thought that Bane only started being involved in the story um, with I Am Suicide, when Batman invades uh, Santa Prisca. But I thought that Batman seemed off. He seemed like he was... um, reacting to something and emotionally unbalanced in a way that was causing him to make very strange tactical decisions from the start of Tom King's run. And I like the fact that Bane's been manipulating events to get Catwoman framed for these murders and Holly um, fleeing to Talia and it's all this stuff that Batman's had to react to, which started him on the wrong foot. Now, how do you guys react to this revelation of the way Tom King's built up to Bane's plan revelation. I'm okay with it. Um, I don't, I mean, like, it explains a couple of things that we've had questions about, but again, answer a few questions, present a ton more questions. Um, but as far as the reveal of Bane's plan and how he's been manipulating things since literally issue number one, I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I thought that it was, it was done well it's a good time to do this too because I don't feel like this would be something that really should. I mean, like to be fair, I have no idea what City of Bane's really going to be. Um, if Batman does get broken by Bane yet again, um, I just I don't know where they're going to go with it. And there's not like a ton of time in between two, so I feel like if we're basically getting the Dark Knight Rises in Batman, where city of Bane is because Bane is basically got Gotham in, under his control and, and, and it's not just a matter of you know, he's ruling behind the scenes, now, now he's up front and center, I'm I'm curious to know what exactly how exactly this all works out, because I mean, like I said, we know that this is all going to get wrapped up by issue 85 which happens at the end of the end of December so there's not that many t- that many months it's only five months worth of books 10 issues that are going to be able to tell this story so I'm curious to know where we're going with this but I think the way it's presented here at least the explanation I like that there's certain aspects of this explained it feels as if it's it's definitely needed at this point going into City of Bane 
think you were asking something earlier about how you feel about Catwoman or which, how she would react to, to what's going on. And I kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say I am Catwoman, but, you know, as someone who loves Catwoman because I, I, I relate to her, I guess, maybe a little bit, or at least I, I feel what she feels emotionally sometimes. Um, like, reading this, I'm like, you don't mess with my emotions. You don't. You don't tell me what to do. You don't tell me who to love. And I can. I can see her if she came back and found out that Bane did all this. Like she's going to be pissed. Like uh, this was almost. You think too- she's going to pull the Dark Knight Rises and shoot him with the bat cycle? <laughs> yes, she'll. Yes, she'll get the. She'll stop by the Bat Museum and get the Bat cycle. But I don't like. I thought this was almost too much. Like. And this, so this would have had been before, not even book one or, or uh, issue one. This was years and years and years ago when he somehow recruited Claire and her brother to just start this. Like, I don't know. Like, this seemed almost too much. Like, I knew that you would do that. And I knew that you knew that you knew. And I knew that you knew that you knew that you knew. I don't know. It just it seems too in-depth. It did answer a lot of questions, definitely. Um I think I was less upset the second time I read it, <laughs> but I don't know. It just seemed like, how, is he really this smart? I mean, maybe I just don't know Bane well enough. Like, is he this conniving and patient that, that this is a plan that he wanted to do and, and like planned out. And it just seemed like there's too many emotions and, and I guess if he had control over everyone, but Batman and Catwoman, I guess it could work. It just seemed crazy. Well, I think that I'm actually, I kind of want to get back to what you just said. Um, So you said that you were upset and you said that you felt like you were played with emotions. Do you feel like that's Tom King's played with your emotions or do you feel like it's a legitimate response to the story? I think both. Like part of it is I don't like, have you ever seen Down With Love? Probably not. It's a rom-com. I watched it a long time ago. I've only watched it once. And then, I like rom-coms. <laughs> I just haven't seen that one. It was not very good. <laughs> and at the very, very end, there's this, like, five-minute monologue of, spoiler, Renee Zellweger's telling her whole plan throughout the entire movie. You've seen the whole movie through Ewan McGregor's eyes. She tells you her whole secret plan throughout the whole thing. Five minutes, no cutaways, no flashbacks, just watching Renee Zellweger talk. And it kind of reminded me of this. I was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of stuff to dump in one issue. It's almost unbelievable. Especially since, I don't know, I feel like some of the letter or some of the monologue issues in the past have shown either images I wanted to see, like the wedding one, or or told some part of the story. This one was flashbacks from the fight from last week. Not flashbacks, but extra scenes from the fight from last week's episode, or two weeks ago's issue. And then flashbacks to different scenes of Bruce and Selena. So I just felt like it was just talking. I, like, like Im- if, if image-wise, there was nothing new. So I was just bombarded with all of this stuff. I feel like, I don't know, it could have been revealed slowly. Maybe not quite as slow as the rest of the issues have gone, but I feel like this is a fire fire hose, fire hydrant of information that I find, I'm finding it hard to swallow all at once. Interesting. I mean, this is basically similar to what Tom King's been saying in interviews, where he's talked about how um, 
in Nightfall, there's the classic image, and it was repeated in The Dark Knight Rises, of Bane lifting yes. Batman over his head and then slamming him down over his knee. And he's talked about how Bane has emotionally lifted mm-hmm. Batman through the wedding. And then starting with number 50, he's been bringing him down and down. And then, of course, this arc is called The Fall mm-hmm. and The Fallen. So it's all been The Fall. And then, of course, City of Bane and then Batman of Catwoman would be Batman getting back up, you know, repeating the themes of Batman Begins, Why Do We Fall, so that Mm -hmm. we can get back up Mm -hmm. again. And I think that as a fictionalization of that concept of showing the the up and down, the rise and fall of this narrative arc, I really appreciated that. I really like the way that Tom King has been playing with things and someone once someone said recently on a youtube review of tom king's work that king hasn't really um created that much he's been playing with other people's toys and i think it's been in very interesting ways and i really appreciate it i as i've said many times this is my favorite batman run since dixon in the 90s um but i would agree he hasn't created much and so i'm hoping that batman catwoman and City of Bane will be a creation of some sort, will will be a status quo that puts something really new uh, and intelligent in place that will influence stories in the years to come in a very positive way. Um, so I guess I w- I'm basically saying this issue really worked for me in a pieces falling into place sort of way but i can see that it's definitely frustrating and it is a lot of information because he's summarizing 70 plus issues um well 50 because he the let the letter or whatever the monologue whatever is from the day that the wedding failed true true um so uh, i think i'd want to close the discussion on the question of We know that Batman has to win, but how do you think he will beat Bane? How do you think he will defeat someone who has so thoroughly understood and destroyed every part of his life? He's destroyed his love. He's destroyed his family by having him slap Robin, which is symbolic of the breaking of those bonds. He's destroyed his trust with James Gordon. He's somehow destroyed his relationship with Alfred because Alfred is part of the problem now. I, I personally think it's because of Psycho Pirate, and, you know, Alfred took Gotham Girl to see Psycho Pirate, so I think Psycho Pirate got in his head back then. But how is Batman going to win? How do you see that working? And are you excited for it? I think that the easiest way to make Bane lose is by Batman showing that he is capable of change and he's capable of being happy. Um... And, I mean, of course, part of this is wishful thinking because I kind of want him to be with Catwoman and the marriage to go through or however it is. The The, the catch, of course, is that by the end of City of Bane, I don't think that it's likely that the characters are going to be married um, because, well, I mean, let's be honest, the Batman-Catwoman story, it's a 12-issue series that wouldn't have any sort of reason to okay i mean it has a reason to exist but it doesn't have like what's the big payoff of the series if there's not something that happens at the end um so i feel like i i don't know the problem is that 
I just can't see that being what happens based off of the amount of time that we have, the fact that we know there's a Batman Catwoman series coming, you know, after City of Bane. So that with that thought, it's difficult to say that that's the thing. But, <clears throat> you know, the thing is, there's the always the possibility of just the change, like showing that he's capable of changing. But the one change that I don't want to see, which I've seen some people talk about online, is, um, you know, well, m- maybe Batman breaks his rule and has no problem with killing. And I don't think that should go there. And I don't see King doing that, to be honest. But I wanted to put that out there because I've seen some people online talk about that be like well maybe it's not going to be the marriage maybe it's that batman you know he his his uh entire thing of you know being this force for justice is is he, he's okay with killing and it's like no we're not going that direction i don't i don't see king as the type of person to do that unless it was in like a dream sequence or something like that so just i want to put that out there but to be fair like i just don't without just saying it's for change and it's for you know that he can be happy or something like that i just don't know how but i mean like the best thing to do in my mind and at least what we've we know based off of the stuff that we've seen is that catwoman finds out that she's been manipulated she of course is pretty pissed she goes to bruce she realizes that he was manipulated as well they work together and they defeat Bane together and it's not just Batman takes down Bane. It's just that, you know, Bane's not expecting Catwoman to like really come back to Bruce and maybe that's what ultimately is his downfall. So it might not have anything to do with Batman. But then he's there. Catwoman saves the day. Yeah, because... So the one thing I was kind of frustrated with, and I think a good frustrated, like a good reader frustrated, is... If Bane knows so much and knew all of Bruce's movements and knew how he'd react, he's got to know how he's going to react now. And so it does make sense that Catwoman or or maybe someone else in the Bat family as well is a wild card that they weren't expecting. Like, I can't help but hope that maybe all this stuff going on in Nightwing is just doodling around until they need Nightwing to be come back again <laughs> and maybe maybe you know dick is the wild card that we're not expecting and and maybe the big change is that that you know bruce willingly steps down from being batman for a little while or maybe we'll have two batman for a little while Who, i don't know but and and dick you know puts the puts the batman mask back on uh i don't but I, I, I honestly have no idea. I think that's part of why I was so mad with this issue. Is like, well, then I have no idea how this is going to work. <laughs> this is so bad right now. I don't know how he's going to do this. So, I don't know. And we still haven't any idea how Thomas Wayne even exists. So, that's one thing I'm still curious about. And almost want to know more than how it's going to end. It's like, well, how is he there? Doesn't make any sense. Unless he's being controlled by Psycho Pirate. I don't... I think that we're going to see something of what Thomas Wayne's motivations are in the next two issues, 73 and 74. Um, I don't actually have a question of how Thomas is here. I just think Skeets interdimensionally, Mm -hmm. time-wimely went and got him, and he's here now. Um, Basically. I mean, it's it's all... um, alternate timelines and skeets has so much power i mean he's ridiculously powerful um so i I don't have a question 
in terms of that. I I like what Dustin said. I like the idea that Batman can change. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been said that uh, the Vertigo series Sandman is about an eternal, changeless being who realizes he needs to change. And so that entire series, I think about 80 issues, is all about how he grapples with billions of years of existence and having to change because of humanity. And I think that Tom King is trying to do something similar on a Batman sort of level of a one human lifetime, but, you know, reflecting 80 years of publishing history. Um, and I'm hoping that he's figured out a way to make the change stick. And that change, in my view, should be that he marries Catwoman. I've also heard that he'll reveal that he's Bruce Wayne to the world, sort of like uh, in Marvel Civil War, um, or that he'll kill someone. Now, I do think that Thomas Wayne's probably going to die. I don't see how Flashpoint Batman being in the universe really works uh, on an ongoing basis. Um, that's just too big a question for Batman because of his whole mission being based on his parents' death. If a version of his father is out there, I don't see how that can't be answered somehow. But wouldn't that change the vow then? I mean, wouldn't that be in itself exactly. the catalyst to the change? Is if Thomas lives, Batman is no longer living to avenge both his parents. Right. So I think that he's got to die. Otherwise, I think that's a universe-breaking thing, unless Tom King has him die somehow. And I, I agree. I. I can sort of see Tom King sort of building to Batman needing to kill Flashpoint Batman, but I think that King will have something else happen and someone else has to that kill would be Flashpoint much, Batman. I think, I think, Tom, yeah, I think I, Thomas I just, would live rather than they get to that point where Batman is... No, that Batman can't kill his own kill father. Have to kill his own father oh again. It's just, I, I just think that's, that's way that's too dark too and way too pointless. That's too much. Um, so I agree with Dustin and I agree with Steph. I think that it's going to be the change. I think it's going to be the marriage. Um, I, I disagree with Dustin though. I think, and this could partly because this is how I pitched it. I think we could end with Batman and Catwoman getting married at the end of City of Bane and then the city, the Batman Catwoman series is their first year of marriage. And I think that would be really great. Um, but I could also see them just being together at the end of City of Bane and then building to marriage at the end of Batman Catwoman. My only concern is if they get married by the end of city of the Bane, city of Bane, how was a hundred issue story arc leading to 15 issues of them just being married for, for a year. You know what I mean? And obviously things have changed, but it seems like they've changed. very. Well, that's quickly. where the phantasm comes in. Really? Ugh, I don't want that. I don't want the phantasm to be like this hiccup of like, oh, well, we're married, and now, look, there's this character that's from my past. I don't want that. Uh, I don't want that. I mean, it's it's a villain. It's a it's a structure of a, a thing that needs to be righted. Righted? Oh, right. A wrong that needs to be righted. Yes. Okay. <laughs> For a second, I thought you meant, like, right as in, like, written. But <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> wow. I, I may make up words, but I'm not quite that bad. All right. So, Batman, I'm going to give a total of three and a half. Yeah, yeah, three and a half. I'll give it four out of five. All right, and over on the site, Paul gave it three, so that's going to give Batman a total of three and a half out of five. Bad ranks. Let's move into our next book, Detective Comics. (laughs) 
Detective Comics number 1005, written by Peter Tomasi, art by Brad Walker. Uh, the issue starts off flying towards the Gotham County Observatory. Batman and Robin ask Alfred for a status report. Alfred states the energy source, the Arkham Knight, has is rising exponentially. Its energy readings are higher than the day bomb that went off in the parks. Astrid tells her fellow archers to fire at Batman and Robin as they land, for she needs more time. The archers release their smokescreen arrows. Batman realizes Astrid's forces are trying to flank them. Astrid shouts to Arcane to use his powers to raise an army of of the undead, create a barrier between herself and Batman. Batman tells Robin to stop Arcane and bring down these unmen. He will go directly through these men and barrier to Astrid's energy source. Batman radios Robin and alerts him that he is almost through. Well, he was. Now Arcane's wall is thickening and it's crushing him. Robin is almost in position. Astrid gets word of Batman's progress and she commands Dr. Phosphorus to delay him. She unleashes a hell storm of fire and Alfred alerts Batman his suit cannot handle these extreme temperatures. Robin assures that all will be fine as he attacks Arcane and knocks him out. Having escaped Arcane's wall, Batman quickly takes down Dr. Phosphorus. Astrid explains to her followers that when the sphere ignites, the liquid base she added to the reflective mirror will absorb the energy and allow them to focus it to every corner of Gotham. She tells her followers to switch on the full spectrum protection optics the totality begins now suddenly a bright light emits from the observatory and the and blinds everyone who does not have optic protection the day bomb also creates a concussive shock wave that expands throughout the area batman and robin rush to put out put on their optic protection batman asks alfred what's going on in gotham alfred reports that there was a concussive force radiating through the city and the day bomb has altered and has an altered energy signature the observatory dome looks like the heart of the sun astra tells her followers that gotham citizens are singing but batman tells robbins that the people are screaming alfred alerts scores of citizens are clutching their eyes and it seems like astrid blinded the entire city batman and robin burst into the observatory and aim to stop astrid and her flowers followers as fast as possible each passing second means another gothamite goes blind batman goes after astrid while robin goes after her followers batman tells astrid to show some of the same empathy for gotham as she did when they first met in the park astrid tells him that he is a cancer on the city and her life she is the savior gotham deserves once he is dead gotham will finally grasp that he is a demon which feeds on the pain and suffering of the city Batman tells her he did not kill her mother. She tells him that he is a liar because she saw his battering going into her mother's neck. He says that she only saw her mother dead on the floor and not the murderer. She asks, she needs to ask her father for the full story. He tells her that she is a bright young woman with an entire future in front of her. She does not need to waste it. Batman tackles her to into the reflective mirror and the blinding light is no more. Alfred tells him the city is safe from the day bomb, but the blindness seems to still be in effect. Unfortunately, Batman's optic protection broken. He is blind for the moment. Batman carries Astrid to his car while Robin leads the way. Days later, Batman and Robin ride through Gotham, commenting on how quiet it is. Crime has halted since Astrid blinded the city. In a few days, the citizens will regain their eyesight. She was so close to permanently blinding the city, all because of a lie. She was. She is another lost soul who thought of herself as the hero instead of a villain. Uh, as far as an epilogue goes, weeks later, Astrid is on her way to Blackgate. A gunshot rings through the transport vehicle, and the security guard on the passenger side is dead. The driver turns around and tell, to, uh, turns around to Astrid and tells her the sun always rises. Astrid smirks and says it always does. 
All right. Um, this was a very action-packed issue. First question, do you feel like it was slightly convenient how the entire story kind of wrapped up? It did wind up pretty fast, considering how long they hyped up the Arkham Knight. I was actually a little surprised this was the final issue. I don't know if I'd call it convenient. It wrapped up. And she got away, which I actually was really hoping for before I knew she was the Arkham Knight. But I, I, did, I think it was okay. I think it was all right the way it ended. I think it ended um, in a well-crafted way, but it's, it's, a, it's a much smaller story than I was expecting. The idea that the Arkham Knight was this fabled villain that was going to send shockwaves going through Batman... This really isn't that. This is the kind of thing I'd expect to see in, like, Nightfall. You know, you had all those little one-offs where Asbats fought the group of Clayfaces or um, Abattoir or all these smaller villains. Arkham Knight just feels like another one of those villains. It's not a Joker level. It's not even a... Um, let's see, what's a... It's not even like a Bloom-level villain that Scott Snyder produced, where I don't think Bloom's going to be a, a ongoing villain, but that Bloom felt much more significant thematically and threat-wise than this version of the Arkham Knight, even though, honestly, um, you know, with the day bomb blinding everyone, it, it could have been like a, a world-changing event. It just... The way it wrapped up was a bit too neat, so it doesn't feel that weighty to me. I agree. The it, it's not so much that it's convenient; it just like to me, it just feels like it's short. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a story that was in one thousand one, one thousand two, three, four, five, five issues done. Yeah, there was that little like in, intro chapter that we saw in uh, the issue number one thousand, but like this story feels very small, and the scale that at least was built up to be felt like it was, should have been something bigger i also the, the the biggest problem that i have with the entire story by itself is the glaring time issue of her being as old as she is <laughs> um and, and i can't get over that because it just feels like they're not they, like they're just ignoring it for the sake of ignoring it because it doesn't work in the sense of how how tomasi wanted this origin story and that's the, that's my biggest issue it's you know the the story itself. I don't actually think it wrapped up in a in a bad way. I think that like there was a lot that happened in this issue. No, you know, there's no doubt, and clearly Tomasi is setting this character up to appear potentially in a future story arc um, that he's writing within Detective Comics, or he's leaving it very wide open for the character to appear because of the epilogue that happens at the end of the issue. My my concern, of course, is that I don't feel like this story really built up the character enough to warrant. Anybody being like, you know what, I really want to use that character, unless it's somebody who just wants the character because of the name, the namesake. Um, and that, that's my concern. I don't think that the, the entire follower situation, I don't understand where they all came from. I don't understand why they're all following her. They all just think that Batman's bad. Okay, well, but why, but wh- where did all these people come from? I mean, like, she literally has a guy named Arcane who is not an existing character, who has the capabilities of raising people from the dead. What? Like, not to mention, if she's really 15 or 16, how in the world are we supposed to believe that she's physically able to 
be this powerful and have that many followers. Right. Like, there's there's Just real problem well, if the she's that young. Part, yeah. You can kind of check up, too. I mean, she grew up in Arkham, and I think they saw what her hate for Batman and probably grew. There's no way all these followers, but these. She's got. Are like, they really followers though? Or are they just hoping that she'll defeat Batman? They're willing to kill each other for mm-hmm. her. That's true. I mean, my thing is this: I don't think that I feel like the followers did not come from Arkham. I feel like they had to come from like some existing cult that was out there, and they were just looking for a new leader, and she just happened to say all the right things because that's the only way it makes any sense. As as far as like a ton of people who just happen to be in Arkham, it just feels too weirdly convenient for them to all like there's there's all these people in Arkham. You've got this guy who can raise the dead who we've never seen before. She randomly includes Dr. Phosphorus, who was in Arkham. I don't know why he was randomly included. Um and then he didn't really serve a whole lot of purpose. Um so I'm not gonna sit here and say this story was horrible. I just I can't get over certain aspects of the story, and I feel like it could have been longer. And I don't say that very often um, because most stories I don't want them to be long. But I feel like there's just some glaring issues with the story, like her age, like the fact that she was somehow even if she even if they're trying to pretend that she is some you know mid twenties, you know she's she's aged in her mid twenties. It still doesn't make a lot of sense that all these people would follow her. She has. Like the explanation of where she's gotten the money to do this was there just happened to be a bunch of stuff stashed underneath Arkham because villains have stashed stuff under there for years. Like what? Why would a villain stash stuff under Arkham? Like what? What? The one place that they all end up getting thrown back into, you want to stash stuff underneath, but you never go back for it. You just leave it there. It, it, there's too many like weirdly odd things about the the plot of the story that I have an issue with to say like I don't really understand what the reason was and to be fair like that opening chapter was very very wordy and you know I'm talking about the uh, story in 1000 it was very very wordy but it felt like some sort of like epic setup and while I don't I'm not sitting here trying to to say that the character who's under the mask is is the issue it's not that it's that there's just she can't be the age that she, at least you would assume she would be, based off of what's what's going on around her. I also can't get over the fact that all of this happened all because her father lied to her. Yeah. Like, come on. So, like, it's like a comedy of errors, but it's a, a drama of errors. <laughs> well, the, well, like I said, I feel like this is really just kind of a one-off it feels like it's a one-off story, but it yeah. was hyped for more, yeah. and I think that's the yeah, frustration uh, a yeah, lot of us It just it goes back to that horrible marketing stuff that they keep doing. But yeah, I don't have a lot more to say. Um, I I mean, like obviously the ending leaves her wide open to be used in the future. I do find it interesting that she's going to Blackgate instead of Arkham. I not not so much interesting. Again, why would they send her to Arkham when her father's running Arkham? Okay, fine. But at the same time, she legitimately thinks that she's... I mean, I, would, I wouldn't I would put it past that she's got some sort of mental condition. I mean, she thinks that she's saving Gotham by blinding everybody and making them scream. I mean, that's clearly something somebody you would normally stick in Arkham. But they just kind of like brush over that as like, oh, she's headed to Blackgate. Isn't Blackgate for the people who aren't crazy...
I don't have much more to say. I don't know if you guys have anything else to say. I thought it was weird. Yeah, that that like she was blinding the people of Gotham because of a metaphor about being blind to Batman's true self. I thought that was weird. That made her extra crazy person in my book. That's the only the only extra crazy part, but All right, so I'm going to give this one uh I mean the issue itself. I'm not. I'm not going to give the story. Uh, the, this is not based off the story as a whole because, like I said, I have many problems. This issue by itself, though, I thought that you know, looking past all of the glaring issues I've had with the overall story arc, the issue itself was very action packed. Did wrap things up, but in a concise way where it didn't feel like too forced. Um, very action packed. Art was good. No issues there. So I mean, like, I'll give this a three. Yeah, I mean, I liked the art. The art was awesome. Like, did a little better than Batman. <laughs> um, I feel even though the yeah the villain, the villain's motivation doesn't make sense or really their actions, but at least the bat way Batman handled it was I thought very Batman and very cool. And I liked the interaction with Damien. Probably give it. Yeah, I think three three out of five sounds good. I give it a two point five. All right, and over on the site. Tony gave it three and a half, so that's going to give Detective a total of three out of five batterings. All right, so with that being said, let's move over to Greater Gotham. Starting off on June 5th, we have uh, main TV books. We already talked about Batman number 72. Harley Quinn number 62. Harley helps Catwoman escape from the Wicked Enchantress with both of them lost deep in a dungeon dimension of a very twisted reality. So by David, he gave it 3 out of 5. Secondary TBU books, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number earth the third volume number two Raphael from another earth explains what happened to batman and the turtles meanwhile krang approaches the laughing man in hopes of forging an alliance survive dull he gave it three and a half out of five main dc universe books adventures of the super sons number 11 the second to last issue of the miniseries comes around and our heroes rush towards home to save the day survive sebastian he gave it one and a half out of five deceased number two Dinah now wields the most powerful weapon in the universe, and Alfred says his last goodbye. This is by Tony. He gave it four out of five. Justice League number 25 is the two Just Leagues battle in the sixth dimension. Superman continues his fight to survive. Back on Earth, the Legion of Dune put their plan into motion. This is by Andy. He gave it four and a half out of five. Young Justice number six, the final face down between Young Justice and Dark Lord Opal um, happens, and this was reviewed by Jessica. She gave it four out of five. Secondary DC Universe books: Deathstroke number forty-four, Tyal Ghul, Raptor, Deadshot, Two Face, Riddler, James Gordon, and Robin all appear in the issue. Jumping over to June twelfth, we have main TBU books: Batman and the Outsiders number two. The Outsiders race against Ishmael to get a race against Ishmael to get Sophia. Meanwhile, Caliber does his best to buy them some time. This is by Adele. He gave it four out of five. Catwoman number twelve, Carl. Reminisces on how things went down from bad to worse since the since the auction house until the police chase 
from the previous issues. This is by Jessica. She gave it two and a half out of five. We already talked about Detective Comics. Red Hood Outlaw number 35. Just Jason grumbles like a sourpuss despite having everything he could want because it's not what he needs. This is by Sebastian. He gave it one out of five. The Batman Who Laughs number six. Batman learns his true purpose and James Jr. makes a life-altering decision. This is by Tony. He gave it four out of five. No secondary TBU books. Main DC Universe books. Event Leviathan as Leviathan destroys Argus. Batman, Lois Lane, Steve Trevor, Green Arrow, and the question struggle to put the pieces together. This is by Ian. He gave it three out of five. And then secondary DC Universe books. We had Justice League Odyssey number 10. Aswell continues to appear as part of the main team. Finally, trades and hardcovers over the past two weeks include Nightwing Night Terrors trade paperback, Blackest Night Omnibus 10th Anniversary Edition hardcover, Detective Comics number 1000 Deluxe Edition hardcover, Batman The Golden Age Omnibus Volume 7 hardcover, and DC Poster Portfolio Stanley Art Germ Lau, and this is a trade paperback. So, if we gave a, or not we, but if I mentioned a rating associated with the reviews, we have detailed reviews over on the site. We have reviews every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Wednesday is typically all the Bat books, Batman books, I should say, and uh, Thursday is all the allies and villains within the Batman universe, and then on Friday is all of the DC Universe books that include a lot of the Batman characters. So uh, that being said, I don't want to dive into too much of this, but if you guys had to pick one issue from the past two weeks to give a recommendation to, what would you pick? I'm going to throw it to Ian first. Nothing in the main stuff really stood out to me. Of course, I always give a shout-out to um, Deathstroke. But I'd say my favorite would be Batman and the Outsiders, just because um, Brian Hill and Dexter Soy are really doing some very high-energy and interesting work. Uh, unfortunately, they're not really focusing on the Batman characters yet, but I'm sure they will be. He's taking the sort of James Tynan approach of rotating his focal characters, I think. At least according to his interviews, they are. I am digging Deceased. I'm not normally a zombie person, or whatever this is, but I... Gosh. When Dinah got a a Green Lantern ring, I was freaked out. I was like, yay! Girl power! (laughs) Dinah just finally has superpowers! I was Well, I guess she's always had superpowers, but she has even more superpowers now. I thought that was awesome. And then, and then at the very end... I was quite shocked and desperately needing to read the next issue. Yes. Deceased was going to be my recommendation too <laughs> because of the ending, but I will suggest uh, Event Leviathan. I know it's just kind of kicking off, and um, but I feel like there's a lot of potential here. I think that there's a lot of ideas out here that could be really, really interesting. And although the first issue kind of, it's like a slow build, I feel like eventually we're going to get to a, the the build is going to come quicker than we think, so I, I would check that out if you're not checking. What would did I should I have I because I gave up after the first few pages. What should I have read before then to know what the heck's going on? Because I read about Superman getting. You should read well, my it's review. Funny. You should just basically read Ian's review of oh. Superman Leviathan Rising Special okay. Number One, which includes all of the build up that happened in Action Comics since what was it like 1011? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, like, no, I think it's 106. 106, yeah, 1006, yeah. So if you take a look at that, yeah, that's a good that's a good point. If you have not been following along, you don't read the Superman books. It is you can get lost very easily. I will say that. Um, but 
um, at the end of May, there was a Superman Leviathan special that came out that's basically like building up to Event Leviathan and Ian reviewed it and in the process we also made sure that we covered all of the stuff that was from the action comics issues that were including a bunch of stuff. Because let's be clear, Leviathan has always been a Talia Ghoul thing for the longest time. It kept appearing or she kept appearing in the silencer as the head of Leviathan. And uh you're gonna be extremely lost if you don't know what happened and that that Superman special because she's she's not the head and i'm not trying to ruin anything i mean let's be clear you can if you read about event leviathan you're going to see that in like a small flashback but she's no longer in the head of leviathan um this other person who is going by the name leviathan is so um yeah i mean like that, that's what i would suggest that that review like i said came out in may was the last wednesday of the month so if you go to the comic editorial section for those of you who are looking for that uh you can find it there or you could just find ian's name on any of the other reviews that he does and you can pull up the review that way too so that's the easiest way to do that um all right so with that being said that is greater gotham before we jump into listener q a's which like i said we have a bunch of ones that we got to get to because Last episode, we didn't get all of them, so we have some to do. But before we do that, I want to quickly shout out to our Patreon supporters. Thank you, Colt, Robert, Donald, Brendan, Ian, uh, Austin, Stanton's Grave, Arturo Irwin, Captain America, Jay Dutton, Real No Deuces, and Cody. Thank you all for supporting us at the $10 and up tiers. Anybody who's supporting at the lower levels as well, we greatly appreciate your support. Um, the, the biggest thing is... Um, and I, and I, and, and listen, I appreciate the support. The money that we are raising is literally just going into an account that's sitting there so that we can formulate enough money to basically do a, a pretty decent revamp on the site. Um, but we are also really, really, I mean, let's be honest, we spent an hour talking about all these new series that are coming very soon in the near future. So if you're out there and you've ever thought to yourself, you know what? I really have been really interested in reviewing a comic book. Um, now is the time to get in touch with us because we've got a lot of new books coming. And we, while you are all fully aware that we have a, a pretty extensive staff, a uh, group of staff members who are writing reviews, we have a lot of books that are being added. And rather than bombarding our current staff with two, three additional titles per month, it'd be great if we get some new people on board. So, this month, my specific call out, thank you to our Patreon supporters, thank you to the, everybody who does support us, but if uh, we're specifically looking for people who are interested in reviewing comics, I tend not to say that enough, but really we're always looking for comic book reviewers because there's always you know, staff who have to cycle out because they've got stuff in their personal lives and they can't do it anymore, or there's there's you know suddenly a crap ton of books that dc announces in less than three days and you're like what is what's gonna happen now so um i would strongly suggest that if you are interested get in touch with me you can either get in touch with me through email tbu at the batmaniverse.net or you can send a message on our discord um or you can even just leave a comment on the podcast episode and i'll try to figure out how to get in touch twitter at batman universe um any of these methods i mean like uh, it's pretty easy to figure out how to get in touch with me but um find a way to get in touch with me and we'll figure something out because we have a couple of series as of 
August, they're going to need coverage too. So the sooner you get in touch with us, the better. That way we can get you set up and hopefully start reviewing some stuff as soon as possible. So I uh, greatly appreciate any support whatsoever. And if you, of course, have any other skills that you'd like to lend your, your skills to the Batman Universe, we're always looking for all kinds of people. If you've listened to any of the other episodes of Run It Down, I really want to make sure I get to these questions and, and comments from the previous episode because we're just going to end up having a giant uh, downhill slope of too much stuff if we don't get to them so i appreciate all the support get in touch with me if you would like to give uh other other skills so with that being said (laughs) boy did you get a wrong number leave your message at the sound of the shriek no please don't I'm going to kind of do these all over the place because there's a lot of them. And like I said, I want to get through them. So the first comments we're going to talk about comes from ACN via Discord. This was a comment, like I said, from the previous episode. Um, And normally Steph would read through these. But like I said, I'm looking at the time and I really want to breeze through these. So I'm going to go as quick as possible. Do any of you read, uh, read Marvel books? And if so, which ones? How do you guys collect comics at this point? At this point, floppies, trade paperback, omnis, digital, or a combination? Um, I don't read any Marvel. I barely have enough time to read all my DC stuff um, that I want to read. And I most of the time I don't. I, I just have enough time to read the stuff we cover on the site. How do I collect comics? Um, I have a massive 6,000... Six thousand issue collection of floppies, um, but I've started to kind of like pare that down. Not pare it down. That's not the right word. I am still collecting the main books and stuff like that. Started to stop doing variants because I was doing variants for a really long time. I've told, I've talked about that. Um, I don't do trade paperbacks. Occasionally, there'll be something that comes out. Like I did purchase uh, the Detective Comics number one thousand deluxe edition, mostly because I wanted to get all the covers collected without having to buy it. So I'm not one of those guys, and I don't really, honestly, I don't really read that much stuff digitally, um, or I don't purchase that much stuff digitally. I should say because I just don't. Don't have, I mean, like, I don't like double purchasing things. So, yeah. You guys, Marvel, how do you collect? I have very few Marvel, and the only Marvels I have, I got for free for buying so many DC trade paperbacks on Amazon. <laughs> um, so, not really. Um, I have some Spider Man and Deadpool combos, and Moon Girl and Giant Dinosaur, whatever that was called. That was cute. Um, but yeah, I usually just buy trades. Because I'm lazy and I don't want my stuff taking up that much space, so trades look pretty. I do collect uh, one Marvel, book, actually two Marvel books. They're both Spider-Man. Um, uh, my main collection is digital trade paperbacks. I collect hardcover floppies of the series that I want to continue, or of characters that I want to see more of. Uh, I don't do a lot of hardcover trades all right next comment comes from lane who if you are unaware lane runs the batman books the dark knight and prose podcast we offer on the batman universe um she says this was of course related to issues that were reviewed 
well, two episodes ago. So uh, Batman 70, she had some bullet points. She said, Batman doesn't laugh. Um, and then she says, a smiling laugh. Laughing Batman is a scary Batman. And then she said, reviews like these make me want to quit my job and take up reading Batman full time. So many wasted years. Help me, Obi winning lotto ticket. You're my only hope. Um, and then she said, Chris, stop copying your neighbor's papers. Uh, Steph agreed with the Batcat wedding. That'd be a five star. That that would be five star material indeed. Um, and then in relation to Detective Comics number one thousand three, she said, "Did anyone else picture the knights who say nigh when Damien said it was just a flesh wound?" I th- say knee. Yeah, me. knee. So, yeah. <laughs> the the literally any time anybody says it's a fl- it's just a flesh wound, I immediately think of Monty Python. There's no question about it. So, you know, I thought of um, when she when she mentioned that I was. Have you ever seen Arnold Schwarzenegger in? Um, oh, crap! I was thinking about it last time. Did you have it ready? I forgot what it's called. Oh, the one where he's a uh, he's a movie character and he comes out of the screen. Last last action hero. Last action hero, and how he gets shot in the real world, and everyone's like, "Oh no, he's gonna die!" And then they bring him into the movie world, and they're like, "It's just a flesh wound. He's gonna be fine." Uh, that's always what I think about yeah. is Arnold Schwarzenegger being fine. <laughs> But anyway, sorry. That's okay. All right, next comment. Jason says, with King leaving Batman at 85, and I think this is the comment we read last time. Maybe we didn't. I don't remember. With King leaving Batman at number 85 and Batman going monthly along with Batman Catwoman being monthly, do you think Detective will... Oh, yes. Well, do you think Detective will go monthly also like they did with Superman Action when Bendis took over? I If we didn't cover this, I, I don't know. We probably should I don't have. Think we because did. This was This was a pretty easy one. Um, as it was announced, there will be no bi-monthly titles as of January, and it could potentially be happening before then. Um, initially, and I find this hilarious because I feel like anytime they say something, something happens like a week or two later that contradicts what they're, what, what they're currently saying. But I am not joking when I say originally Batman goes monthly, Batman Catwoman gets announced in the press release or whatever they had, they had a quote from, Hinkley, uh, no, Bob Harris, and he specifically said, all these books that are currently happening, including, and he listed off like all these bat books, including Detective, and he said, we have absolutely no changes in store for our publishing schedule as of right, or, you know, as of, you know, through through January of, of next year, which clearly meant that Detective would not be, you know, changing. It would stay bi-monthly, and I thought to myself, well, the thing is, It'll all even if it goes till January and it stays by monthly until January, it will it will have more issues. I th- I believe it'll have more issues than Action Comics then, because Action Comics has been monthly since last year and it went monthly like immediately after. So I mean, like you just having twelve months, uh, or not twelve months, but having what is it like? nine months eight eight or nine months of issues that brings it up to you know 16 to 18 issues um that they would have past 1000 so like by the time this is done it could have 1018 which i don't think well maybe they're purposely doing that whatever anyway i'm thinking about i'm thinking about this too much but anyway the idea is they specifically said nothing was changing then there was a report literally two days ago that said retailers have been notified by DC that as of January, no books will be bi-monthly. So that leaves, that means Justice League, Wonder Woman, Flash, 
Detective Comics, Batman, which I believe are the only ones left that are bi-monthly, none of those will be bi-monthly anymore. They'll all be monthlies. So that means Detective Comics will go monthly. So that means we could potentially see another Bat book take the place of the extra detective issue that's no longer going to be, be being published. That um, also means that... Um, I mean, like, I, I, to be fair, I, I guess it opens up the possibility of, like, maybe a, a mini-series featuring some of these characters. I, I find it as an odd choice. I really do, because if they're selling well, I there's hardly any situation where you take, like, a main title and you no longer sell it twice per month and you're going to sell just as much if you sell something else. It just that doesn't happen. Um, Batman Catwoman will probably sell well, but I still don't think it'll sell as well as the main Batman series mm-hmm. on a consistent basis. So my thing is, I'm not sure why they're doing this. The part of what I've read online and, uh, and like the analysis of this announcement is that retailers are not a huge fan of the bi-monthly schedule. They, although they are consistent selling, it, it limits the amount of stuff that people can buy outside of those books. But as DC would go, why would they care? They're selling the books. So I don't. as a business decision, it doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense. The only thing I can think of is that by not having any bi-monthly books, it opens up the possibility to have other creative teams attached to books. There's really no excuse for books to be delayed, although I'm sure it'll still happen occasionally. So, I mean, like, I don't know. I, there's not a whole lot of real business reasoning behind this theory of making the books go back to monthly. I'm not saying that I'm not going to be... I'll be a little bit happier about it because it's like there's a little bit less. Although we'll have to probably... (laughs) Oh, man, I'm just thinking about this. We'll have to restructure what we do on the comic cast because Mm -hmm. there'll only be one one issue an episode again. So we'll see. But uh, that's the answer to that question. I thought we maybe we just randomly brought it up in passing. But yes, there's, there's the answer. All right, so I'm pretty sure that Kalinsky's comment is the one we covered in the last time, um, specifically because it has to do with the Batman Catwoman stuff, which we talked about. Um, that's the comment we read, if I remember correctly. If I didn't, Kalinsky, go ahead and send in any follow-up comments that you have, and I'll, I'll, I'll mention them on the next episode. Uh, next comes from Matt Mann, and this is via Discord. He says, do you think Thomas and Bruce's relationship is supposed to be some sort of allegory or something between Bruce and Damien? Do you guys think that it's possible that Tommy... Okay, hold on. Let me just cover the first one. Do I think it's supposed to be some sort of uh, allegory, like, or... Kind of like a, yeah, allegory to like a mirrored version of the relationship. No, not in any way, shape, or form. Um, I don't, I, I mean, to be fair, I'm not exactly sure why Thomas is around. I don't exactly understand why he's going along with Bane's plan. I'm sure that's going to be explored in the very near future, but it just feels like, I feel like he's being controlled in some way because while I agree in the sense of, we talked about this a while back, that Thomas specifically said, you know, go have a happy life. Don't be Batman. This is not the answer of Batman going and having, or Bruce going and having a happy life and not being Batman. This is like a, you didn't heed my warning, now feel my wrath. And uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. So, if anything, it's, it's a parallel of Bane and his father. No, wait, KG Beast. <laughs> I yes. don't know. It's, yes. it's, it'll be either KG Beast or, or Bane's father parallels, not. Bruce and his father, or some member of Bane's family. Yeah. 
All right, next question. Do you guys think it's possible that Tommy Elliott could end up being the new Nightwing since Dick isn't Dick, since that prelude issue had Tommy looking like Dick? Uh, I think a Nightwing book that has more to do with the Bat fam would be worth it. I've said this before on here, but my dream book would be if Detective followed Gordon and the G- GCPD solving cases in Gotham. All the Bat fam involvement would be from Gordon or the GCPD's perspective. I'm a big proponent of the books all being under one editor and one vision. I would like to see a monthly that told. I would also like to see a monthly that told standalone stories. So as far as the Tommy Elliot, uh, highly doubtful. I don't think. Tom King has any desire, not not desire, but I don't think he has any need to use Tommy Elliott. I mean, there's so many other players on the board right now. Tommy Elliott just seems like, I don't really see a reason why we would need him. Um, even if he does look like Dick, and I don't know that that was extremely intentional, um, I don't think that, I think the solution here, of course, is just to get Dick to be Dick. Not, <laughs> not to have somebody be portraying Dick. I think with as much time as Snyder's taking to rewrite, uh, what's his name, Gordon, James Gordon, I think having Tommy Elliott turn around and suddenly be a good guy and be uh, Nightwing doesn't make any sense without some kind of crazy long story before that. Yes. And, And all those other comments were things that we had talked about before. Uh, and trust me, I have no problem with any of them. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, um, the best book to look for, if you're looking for Gordon and the GCPD solving cases in Gotham, check out Gotham Central. It's collected in multiple different incarnations, but or not incarnations, but different volumes. But that's a great series to look at if you're interested in that kind of stuff, if you haven't seen it. Um, or watch Gotham, the TV show. No, don't watch that. <laughs> don't. Don't waste your time. Um, one editor, one vision. Uh, I think I might start like a new shirt. Shirt. Uh, I'm gonna, I think that's what I'm gonna do. Like the, I'm gonna say like it's gonna say like Bat Books, one editor, one vision, and we'll see how well that shirt does. Because I mean, let's be honest, we really do need that. Um, spinning out of what we're getting. The thing is, like, I hate to say this because it's nothing necessarily against. Jamie S. Rich, it's just more of a I just don't feel collective nature to the books. Chris Conroy had more collective nature to the books that he was doing. Um, at least it, that's what it felt like compared to the stuff that was happening under Rich's like purview. But the thing is, now that Conroy's not on Detective anymore and he's moving on to other stuff, I just feel like Rich doesn't seem to really have the desire to have the connections between the books. And I also feel like he's on the books because that's who Tom King wants on the books, which is very similar to what happened with Mark Doyle being on the books when Batman or when Scott Snyder was on Batman, because the main writer who's controlling things, they kind of dictate who they want to work with. And I don't know that that's necessarily the way it should ever be. I think an editor should be independent of whoever the writer is. And while I agree that an editor should adapt and work well with other writers and not just only specific writers. I think that they still need to be the one who's kind of like heading the ship, at least in some sort of direction or instead of the way we've seen it with what Tom King's done and what, uh, Scott Snyder did. I don't like that direction of the things like Grant Morrison clearly was heading the ship and he was, you know, fully on, but the editorial of Mike Martz, leading the other books along like grant morrison 
like you heard, I hear it so often. I hate to say this, but you heard so often during the New Fifty Two that Scott Snyder was having these summits with writers, and they were all you know for the Bat books, and they were coming in, and they were like, "Oh yeah, I still want to be involved in whatever you're writing." And and I'm not trying to like put down any of those other writers, but part of the reason they wanted to be so into whatever he was writing was because the little Scott Snyder magic rubs off on their book when you put the little banner across that deals with the same crossover that Scott Snyder's writing. So, of course, the book's going to sell a little bit better. And even if it doesn't have, as we've seen so many times over the years, even when the book has hardly anything to do or has little to no connection whatsoever to the actual event that's going on, it still gets that little bump up in sales. And that's never a bad thing for a creative team. So while I completely understand wanting to have you know people wanting to be involved with stuff that scott scott Snyder's done or even some of these things that tom, tom king has done or even to a degree with like tynan although i don't really remember recall any books specifically falling out of the events of what he's done i mean there's people who've picked up story elements from what he's done but not full-on series that have spun out of it but anyway the point is if you had one editor, you had one vision, you said this is what we're doing, you get all these writers in, it's their job to control the egos in the room, it's their job to kind of say, okay, here's what we're doing. If the main writer on Batman has this awesome story that's going, then you run with it, but then you make sure that everybody's on the same page. And we've seen too many times over the past couple of years that there is stuff that completely contradicts things in other books, and that I am not a fan of. One editor, one vision. For 2020. Let's get it. Alright, last comment from the previous episode. This is also from ACN via Discord. With all the hatred, nastiness, etc. that social media is a vehicle for, how do you think an event like Identity Crisis would have played out on social media if it had come out today? Um, horribly. Absolutely horribly. Um, worse than anything we've seen with Heroes in Crisis. That's for sure. Um, not, not that I'm super attached to a lot of the characters that were greatly, greatly in, you know, affected by identity crisis. I mean, obviously Tim Drake was affected and there's things that happened at identity crisis that touches the bat books and the Batman universe characters. But I, I mean, like, I know that people were really upset about poison Ivy being killed and people were freaking out about how she died in heroes in crisis. Whenever you have any story that is going to kill off people, there's a humongous uproar, it seems like, when something like this happens. And to be fair, I don't think Identity Crisis... I mean, it would have happened, but I think the fallout, and especially like the, the fan con- or the conventions and stuff afterwards, would have been a massive, massive it show. Let's just leave it that. They were, though. Um, the problem with Identity Crisis and the convention scene is it was overshadowed by war games in terms of the number of people that were upset and bringing it up at cons. But people still talk about how angry they are about what happened in Identity Crisis. And so I think we don't need to guess. We know. It would have been terrible. Yeah, it would have been bad. So that's that one. And then we have one comment on the last episode, and it says, You talked last episode about wanting to see Batman evolve. What are the chances King's plan is to have Bruce and Selina actually get married and or introduce Helena Wayne into main continuity? Also, after King leaves the main title, do you think we should we will see more continuity between Batman and Detective, also other Bat Family books? Well, as I said, you're clearly not the I'm clearly not the only one, and uh 
we're we're all just going to start. I'm going to I'm going to put together these campaign shirts. Bat books, <laughs> one editor, one vision, 2020, um, and we'll see how. I want my Bat Cat marriage uh, T-shirt, Dustin. We have to do something. The problem is, it just needs somebody who has the time to put stuff together because I am not a creative person when it comes to that. But, um, but yes. Do I think that uh, yes we want we want to see Batman evolve? What are the chances of him actually getting married? Uh, I think they're pretty high because if it's not him getting married, I'm not. To be fair, it would be something completely of a surprise if it's not him getting married. Um, as far as him introducing Helena Wayne into main continuity, while well, I understand that the character was in that annual story that he mm-hmm. wrote, I don't necessarily want. Helena Wayne as part of uh, main continuity. And the reason being is that, one, she exists within a different Earth. Um, so like, it's not like she doesn't exist at all. But the other part of it is that if they were going to have a, a, a child, I just would want it to be something original and, and, and its own thing. Not something where it's like trying to live up to this idea that has existed prior. When it's a story where it's like a potential hypothetical future out there, a theoretical idea... And it's using characters who have, you know, been established as part of uh, continuity in the past or using things like that. That's completely fine because it's a hypothetical and it's a thing that's there. But in reality, in main continuity, I just want it to be somebody... Like, if they were to have a kid, which, let's be honest, if that actually happened, we're, we're quite some time because you're... <sighs> I just keep thinking about, you know the effect of him being married that's fine but when you introduce having a kid to the mm-hmm. thing you've got to have everything age because that kid is cannot stay a baby forever and it can't stay a toddler forever you have to show actual aging and that could be a huge problem so while i am not opposed to the idea of a child being introduced i think it presents a massive problem for the line of books because what are you going to do when the kid needs to grow up? You, you either jump in the future and then everybody has to get older, which is very unlikely to happen because as we've seen, change is not something that DC is extremely accepting to. So there's that. Um, or you could have the Damian Wayne situation where you speed his growth up and then he gets three years older and everyone else stays the same <laughs> age. Although having a baby would change his character. Like, you would have the older kids, and then you have Damien, who's the teenager, and if you had, like, a baby or a toddler, I think that would add an element to to Bruce's character that we don't have now, which is the protecting of someone. Like, Damien can take care of himself. But if he had a baby, the baby would not be able to take care of themselves. I think that would add... It would be interesting. I don't know if I'd want it to be in main continuity, but that would be interesting to see how Batman would, would handle having an innocent completely a helpless creature in his life i agree but i just don't see no. dc ever letting it happen because it's too yeah. complicated to manage through 15 different <laughs> titles yeah all right so with that that is actually all of the questions we have from the last episode um there if you haven't been aware and i've said this before and we mention it multiple times but our Discord is a place where Bat fans like yourself uh, can chat with the staff members, us, and a variety of other people who just like Batman in general. Our Discord is a great place to chat. I strongly suggest if you haven't joined, you do join. And I'm going to give an added incentive to join. There is a section 
on the Discord, which is specifically, it says contests. Um, to be fair, we had a contest as part of our Patreon before, and the contest, um, it just, we had to phase it out because Patreon got, they got, they didn't like the, the they, they changed the terms and conditions, and we needed to get rid of that because of legal reasons. Anyway, the point is, I suggested that we did it on the Discord. I did one month, um, um, Admiral Wright, if you, those of you who, who have heard him talk, he won the first time, and I meant to keep doing it, but I keep forgetting to and putting it off. But now, instead of keep putting it off, I'm going to suggest that if you haven't joined our Discord, join our Discord so you can be you can participate in these things. But when this episode posts, um, I'm going to start a new contest, which will be for a copy of the Detective Comics number 1000 Deluxe Edition, Ooh. and I mean, that literally just came out last week in the comic shops and this week in bookstores. So if, and it ha- features two original stories that weren't in, you know, the original Detective Comics on 1000 release in March. So anyway, it's there. I'm going to have that and we're going to have a contest. And basically what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to do more contests more frequently, but try to space them out so that every time we have a new episode, I can tell you what the new prize is going to be. So I have a, to be fair, I have a massive stack of stuff that I've slowly been getting from companies that have been sending us stuff to review that we review or we talk about. And then it just sits here because I have no use for it. Um, And I'm not talking about like junk. Like we've got action figures, we've got books, all kinds of stuff. Some of the stuff is actually pretty pricey when it comes to it um but it's not stuff that i personally collect and i don't there's no reason for me just to leave it sitting around gathering dust so that being said we're going to kick this off with the first item is detective comics number 1000 deluxe edition which is a hardcover um all you need to do is join our discord which is and yes which is completely free and i mean there's an app that you can download for your phones and you can and this is this works worldwide as far as discord it's not like limited to just the u.s you can be anywhere in the world and join the discord um there's an app that you can use on your phone there's apps for tablets there's um there's a desktop app and you can use just an online browser version as well so i mean like there's all kinds the idea is to get more people to join the discord because there's awesome conversations going on a lot of all the time like throughout the day i know a lot of the guys that uh guys and gals who are on there uh they work in an office and they need some excitement during the day so they're constantly hopping on discord to chat about stuff and i love it um i I try to be as involved as i can um and and post things up the site also uh has we have bots that actually post up whenever we have new news stories and reviews and stuff that are popping up on the website so it's like a one-stop shop for all the stuff tbu um, so I, I'm encouraging you into enjoying, obviously I'm trying to incentivize the idea of enjoy, joining. Um, so all you need to do is join. And then once you join, just so you're aware, you'll, 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 there's a link on the website in the sidebar that says join our discord. I will also probably pin up a new tweet on our Twitter and Facebook saying join over the weekend while this, when this episode releases, you join and when you go it'll say like you'll come to a welcome message you'll see our terms and conditions you just have to type in question mark agree no spaces and then you're in and then it'll open up the entire discord server and you can chat about all kinds of stuff we have conversations that aren't just limited to batman either we talk about movies and 
television shows and other comics out there, even Marvel stuff, even though I don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole, it's still there. <laughs> so I encourage you to join. But when you do, there will be a spot within the contest uh, channel that will you just click on, and then there will be, a, a, be instructions on how to enter, and you basically just... You click a button and it enters you, and then after by the next episode, I'll pick a winner, and you'll just need to get. Into, I'll, I'll message you on Discord to get your address, and we'll ship it out to you. And we will ship this worldwide. So if you are even overseas, we will ship it a worldwide. Um, I'm not going to limit this just the U.S. because I know we have listeners elsewhere too. So the idea is. It's a worldwide service uh, as far as Discord goes, so why not make these contests worldwide as well? So that being said, join our Discord. If you have any questions, you can obviously get those questions over to us, and we can help you get into the Discord if, you, if you're having issues or you can't figure it out. In addition to that, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for all these news and videos from the Batman universe. You can check out all the other podcasts we have to offer. Um, there's all kinds of new episodes of all the different podcasts that we have over on the site. Um, also, check out movie, TV, merchandise, video game, and, of course, the comic news. There's all kinds of stuff posting, and there's editorials as well. Um, check out... I mean, honestly, there's a lot of stuff. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll have the latest TV by the numbers. Uh, there's a new... There's a new... Uh, the last part of the Dick Grayson as Batman... Um, uh, retrospective is is coming out soon, so there's lots of a lot of stuff. We're also diving into the the potential people who are part of the Secret Six that's coming in August with the Batman Superman series. There's a lot of stuff, um, so I strongly encourage you guys to head over to the site and check this stuff out. But if you join the Discord, you'll see exactly when anything new posts up. So there's that too. So. That being said, um, this is blah, 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 blah. <laughs> ah, man, we went a little long. I apologize to anybody who actually cares, although everybody always tells me, well, we don't care. We want it to be long. But, uh, yes, we, we, need to have, we need to have personal lives as well. So there's that. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm rattling now. Um, all right. With that all being said, uh, this is Dustin. This is Steph. This is Ian. You've been listening to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. We'll see you guys in two weeks.